What is not written is not said. What is not written remains undone. Some things can be risked leaving to memory and others simply must be noted. These are referred to as noteworthy things. When you encounter the noteworthy that is backed by and based on the word of God, you have met the noteworthy. Welcome to the noteworthy with Teddy Podcast, brought to you by Reverend Teddy A. Jones. Get your mind in gear and your willpower engaged. The revolution begins now. Here is today's episode. Welcome to our next episode of uh, Noteworthy with Teddy, the podcast where we bring to bear on life's issues, the issues of life as they unfold, the things that affect us in this world, bringing to bear upon them the matters of faith, matters of scripture, and biblical reflection as we seek to grapple with these issues. My guest today is uh, Mrs. Manifa Gillis Withhorn, and uh, uh, she is a special guest, recently minted in the factory of marriage, and uh, I had the distinct pleasure of uh, being their marriage officer, and she is a counseling therapist, and uh, she will be sharing with us about her journey into that profession and more specifically for our episode today we will be talking about the ways in which the current pandemic has affected mental health and ways in which we can cope with that and of course we will be talking a little bit about the interface between faith and counseling and psychology and therapy field what has been her experience personal and professionally with that interface we're happy to have you thanks for agreeing to share with us Manifa welcome and uh, let's get right into it start by telling us a little bit more about yourself your journey into this wonderful career of therapy and what got you to where you are now. Okay. So thank you for having me. First off, as you mentioned, um, I just changed my name. So my name is Mrs. Witharno. Um, I am a, currently I'm studying clinical mental health, studying for my master's at Long Island University. I have a bachelor's in abnormal psychology. I have a master's in childhood counseling and I'm studying as I said for my second master's in clinical mental health and I just enrolled in a program for my PhD on advanced studies in human behavior so for me congratulations because I was just about to say I am pretty sure the terminal degree is in the making and you are already on it that that's great um you're running them parallel that's that's awesome yes 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 once you get started you don't stop i know right 
Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> I began my undergraduate in just basic um, human psychology in 2011. So, yeah, around nine years. Okay. I took a break between my master's and my, and between my bachelor's and my master's. Okay, great, great. Awesome stuff. And uh, you commenced actual practice. How long? I commenced actual practice in 2016. Yes, okay. 2016. That's, 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 that's really great. Um, you know, so uh, congratulations to you. And uh, we certainly want to wish you God's best as you continue to empower yourselves to be able to better deliver. And I certainly look forward to calling you for the first time when it comes Dr. Manifa. <laughs> All the best. <laughs> All right. So, 2020 has been uh, quite a year, and I noted keenly that your initial program was in certification, was in abnormal psychology, and um, it's, it's a very interesting specialization because, unfortunately, there is still quite a significant amount of negative stigma associated with mental health. It is not treated it is not seen as a disease just like any other sickness and disease uh person there there are religious stigma there is a lot of religious misunderstanding of it and mischaracterization of it and then at the level of the family when persons develop mental health illnesses they tend to be ostracized and it's instead of receiving the the very thing that they need most the family support and so Professor Hickling wanted to highlight that the, the, the year has been a very, very challenging year, notably because of the pandemic that developed as a result of this coronavirus. What has your experience been in the field with the issues, the ways in which the pandemic, what are the ways in which the pandemic has affected mental health and just overall emotional and psychological stability. Just share with us um, about, about that, what your experience has been and uh, outside of your own personal experience with that, uh, what, what is the literature, what is the body, the profession indicating about the ways in which the pandemic can and has affected persons? Okay, so for the things that I've seen, I primarily work with younger children. I work with um, children from ages four up until early adulthood. That's my okay. primary. I do every once in a while interact with older adults, but I prefer to work with children. Right. Um, so as um, we've all seen, children are moving from the in-live person education to the remote and zoom learning and oh yes <laughs> and, and i mean that's that's uh, as i think about it um you know stay, stay on stay on track with the thought but as i think about it i have been teaching adults in the online setting for quite a number of years and i have seen firsthand the struggle that adults have making the adjustment with online learning and i'm thinking if the adults have that struggle, what of the children? And I was saying to someone, I think the Ministry of Education here needs to commission a study into how that has affected our children and how they have been managing and navigating that transition. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that that brings its own set of challenges. So there, of course, is the academic piece and the lack of resources, but there is also the social emotional piece to that where children are not getting the interaction with their peers, which is essential for their socialization, their healthy um, coping mechanisms and skills. So children are in a situation where they're maybe worried about their grades, their grades are slipping or their grades are not as, um, as what they're used to. It's a different environment. And then they're not able to for a lack of a better term, blow off steam with their friends, interact right. with their friends. Right. So they're that social connection, which I've seen that's been one of the biggest downsides of the pandemic. So that feeling of isolation and humans in general are social creatures. Humans are not meant to be in isolation for long periods of time. It does affect the psyche in a very, very negative way. So if you have persons, especially children, who are used to being in a setting where five out of seven days of the week, they're interacting with others, they're able to bounce their ideas off of others and just be creative. I've personally seen that the children that I interact with, they're struggling with that because yes. they don't have that interaction. Yes. And the, the other part of it is that they're maybe in a home setting that's not ideal especially in an island like Jamaica, where... Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Can I tell you? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, in a situation that might not be ideal, where they don't have the support or adequate resources um, to succeed or to be in an emotionally supportive environment. Right, um, right. It's very, very, very important. And I actually have done research or didn't I've taken a big interest into how the cultural aspect of being you know from the Caribbean where it's not your your focus as a parent primarily tends to be on the academic piece and not so much on the emotional or social part of your children's upbringing and that's right. definitely something that's coming to the forefront now that parents just are seeing these lack of grades are seeing the decline in the grades and they're not understanding that these children are under a high high level of stress Yes. This is this is unprecedented in so many ways. This is not something that we planned for. This is not something that we we had time to adjust to. It was just this is what the reality is. We have to adjust to it. So, like you said, adults are having a hard time adjusting to it, much less children yes. and young people. Um, so I've seen children that are in they're in homes where I'll give you an example. I have a case that the child is 13 years old mm -hmm. and is now expressing suicidal ideations because wow. they're in a home setting where their father just lost their job due to the pandemic. Right. So mm -hmm. that is, that's increasing um, job financial pressure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and all the financial pressure that comes with that. And that father has now turned to substances such as alcohol to ease that pain and there's no inflicting domestic violence against the child's wow, mother. What, what a cycle, what a cycle. Yeah, concentric circles that are tightening and, and, and there is that, that 13 year old in the mix, in the midst of all of that. Yes, and that poor child, maybe this is something, maybe because the child hasn't expressed that this was something that was going on, the hitting and the beating of the mother is not something that right. was going on before, but I have a 
inkling or my professional opinion is that it's something that was going on before that has increased right, since that the, the pandemic has exacerbated. And now this child does not have an outlet to go out and say, okay, I need to be out of this home and go interact with other people. And it's, it's, it's a situation where I, I honestly don't um, see the way out of it for children, because there's not only that social emotional part, you have to still realize that we are in the middle of a pandemic. You can't just say, okay, well, you can go outside and talk to your friends. There's a health pandemic going on so it's just a big there's so many factors going into this but it's going to be interesting to see in a couple of years how these children are how people are have been affected socially well one of the things that it has become so apparent which perhaps many have been taking for granted is the critical role of our connectedness our interrelatedness and how much we actually depend on that. As much as we like to think that we are independent, yeah? <laughs> as much as um, the, the modern, much of the modern world has become so individualistic, but here we are now reali- realizing, hey, we really do need each other after all. <laughs> and, and as you say, perhaps in a very real sense, the children even more so, especially for mental health and emotional stability. Really appreciate persons like yourself uh, who are specifically interfacing with the little ones in this regard. There is so much that this is throwing up and I I too would be very interested in what the research will bring up in the years to come as to all the spin-offs from this pandemic. All right, so how do we, how do we cope? Share with us. Um, I, I know that the parents in particular who will be listening to this episode will, will be particularly interested in learning about how to cope and how, how do we cope overall, but especially let's focus on the children. How do we help our children to better manage given the reality? It, it is what it is. Um, many are even apprehensive as to whether 2021 is going to be worse. <laughs> we, you know, we don't know. Uh, how do we cope? Okay. So um, I focus on, because I tend to um, have issues with my, in my personal life, coping with the the comings and goings and trying to organize myself. So one of the methods that I teach um, my children is to organize yourself because right. this is so much going on and you need to allot a time for everything. Yes, there is the school academic aspect of it, but you also need to make time to either hop on a Zoom call, Zoom, as much as it's, you know, I'm even doing classes virtually and I'm so tired of Zoom sometimes. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> the, the Zoomed out phenomenon. <laughs> it's something that they're definitely studying and there's definitely been a lot of research into Zoom fatigue yeah. and how you, you can only focus for a certain amount of time. Right. But Zoom is a good platform to connect with people. Right. So, right. so you flip it, turn, turn it on, turn it on its head. So you can yeah. use it to interact with your friends and call, and that's I think that's an amazing way to um, connect, right. especially for the older kids. Is if you can sit on a Zoom call and 
talk and it's not the same as being in person but at least it gives you yeah, some hope. yeah yeah just 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 chat just laugh and and and, and relax you know and yeah i like that i like that uh, i hadn't, hadn't thought of that thanks for sharing that go ahead tell us more yes another thing that um i have used with my with my children that i've worked with is i call it your gratitude attitude uh -huh. And that is um, focusing on being grateful in a time where there's so much going on, there's so much negativity, whether you turn on the news and you're seeing people dying, people sick, just focusing on being grateful. So I have a list of activities that I try to have my um, children do at least once a week or as much as possible. And one that I really, really, really like is reframing. So um I'm a student of the cognitive behavioral mindset and the cognitive behavioral therapy framework that yeah. your thoughts impact your behavior. Uh -huh. So if you, yes, if you can put positive thoughts into your head, it can definitely have an effect, a positive effect on how you behave. So I've looked at my student, my students and my children that have come in and they're like, I'm so tired of being stuck in the house with my family. And something as simple as that, where I understand that you know, being in close quarters or just being around the same people every day, it's, right. it's frustrating, understandable. But taking something that you might see as a negative and turning it into a positive. And we do that, we're sitting in a session and I'll say, okay, yes, you're tired of being home, but I have a sentence that we used to always said, at first I complained about blank, then I realized I should be thankful for blank. So for the instance of being stuck at home. At first yeah. I complained about being stuck at home with my family. Then I realized I should be thankful to have a roof over my head and That's a healthy right. family. That's right. That's right. Or, 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 or just that I have a family. Yes. Exactly. Because some, some children don't have that. Exactly. Yeah. So if you, if you can find something like that to say, okay, yes, there's a negative aspect to it, but take that negative and turn it into a positive. And you'll see that there'll be a correlation between those positive thoughts and the positive emotions that are associated with it. Um, another coping mechanism that I found helpful, but I know it's maybe not as practical is, is um, meditation. You okay. have a lot of apps. Almost everyone has a cell phone or access to a cell phone. You have apps that do guided meditation. Um, so it's, you know, find a quiet place, dim the lights if possible, and just be in your thoughts yeah. and just be present and aware um, of yourself and just take some deep breaths. Take a moment that sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, as someone in the profession, you understand the compassion oh, yes. for Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, people. We in the helping professions, we we definitely need that as well. <laughs> yes, thanks for sharing that. You know, and the the, the Bible talks a lot about meditation. Um, you know, the, the the Psalms opens with this whole thought of the, the focus on meditating on God's laws and God's word night and day, and building that into your life, making that as a practice, and uh, with the result being a person of stability, like a tree planted, a person of stability, a person of productivity, a person that flourishes, the tree planted by the river, its roots going down to the water source, and its leaves flourishing and prospering. Um, so that certainly, I think it's one of the things that we perhaps need to be uh, talking more about, and even 
helping children to understand that because sometimes just the, the noise and the, the busyness of play and everything else and but they too can actually learn how to center down uh, mentioned the bible um there's a another interesting aspect of all of this that i, I want us to, to talk about finally as we begin to wrap up there is a view that there is this antagonism between psychotherapy and christianity between psychology and faith i know that that's not your perspective how do you fuse the two in in your own life and and in your own practice is there a divergence or or is there actually a, a tremendous convergence that can be beneficial if we open our, our minds to it this interplay between faith and psychotherapy talk to us a little bit about that so one of when you're doing an initial intake with any client one of the main questions that they tell you to ask is the client's spiritual beliefs because if a client has a strong spiritual base they tend to have a more effective time during counseling because they have something to believe in right. and they have a they have a greater sense of power and they have a greater sense of purpose in life so someone who who is practicing faith um or believes in that they tend to have a brighter outlook i'll say on their life and they tend to be more open to the mechanisms and the resources that therapy provides okay um that as a counselor your job is to first of all, meet your client where they are right. and exactly. to be aware of what their beliefs are. And if someone comes to you and says, you know, there is that disconnect that I don't believe that there is personally, I believe that if you can believe in something outside of yourself and believe that there's a higher power and a higher purpose, you, it, it gives you a sense of peace and it gives you a sense of purpose in this life get what I'm saying? And I think that spiritual-based counseling is something that needs to be explored more. People tend to see the sciences and Christianity as um, two completely different sides. Yes, I read a book by Dan Brown um, called Angels and Demons, and one of the lines, and it's actually my favorite book, and one of the lines... (laughs) I watched the movie. The the book is amazing. Okay. But one of the lines that really stood out to me is that spirituality and science are telling the same story, but they're telling it from a different perspective. Right, right. So you right. that as a counseling method, as a counseling technique, your spirituality and your mental health are in, intertwined. You right. just have to find a way to fuse them. And if you can find that way and you can use that, I think the results tend to be multiplied tenfold. Okay. Uh, and if, even with the children, you're able to... Yes. Um, children who are in, in the practice of, you know, going to church or understanding that there is someone higher than themselves, they tend to want to be in a better mindset because they don't, they don't like the feeling of feeling sad. They, they know that, you know, God loves them. Even on the smallest level, they know that, you know, Jesus loves me. And they, they understand that things happen and they have a more they tend to have a more um how would I say it a better outlook mm-hmm. on life on a better just overall view of what's going on 
right, as, as right. little as the little babies. They understand and they, they enjoy it. They enjoy yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting, and it's good to hear someone like someone like you, someone who's in the field, actually say that because there are persons, there are increasingly there are persons in the Caribbean who believe that you know we should not introduce faith to children at that early stage, um, let them choose it later on in life if they if they want and that kind of a thing. Um, you know the, the Bible does talk about training up a child in the way they should go from early and all. And so it's very interesting to hear you as one in the field share that they are able and that they not only are they able to understand and integrate that into their own outlook on life but also even for them it also adds to their resilience and their ability to handle the stresses of life it's it's, it's interesting um mm -hmm. place in my own heart and life and work and ministry for children so again i salute you and and others in the field there is so much more that we can explore and I suspect that we may need to come back for a, a part two, because you mentioned one other thing you mentioned is the persons who are becoming suicidal and developing suicidal suicide ideation as a direct impact of the stresses, the increased stresses from the pandemic. So we'll perhaps have to come back and talk some more about that. But um, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us, for hanging out with us here at Noteworthy with Teddy. And we look forward to your continued flourishing in, in the career path. Stay the course, blow off the steam when you need to, so that you can be your best self as you do your work with, with these children, helping them to remain focused and balanced and strong, mentally strong in a very stressful world that we all have to live. Any social media handles that you'd want like to share with us in case someone wants to reach out to you, uh, you know, for some tips or advice or anything like that? Search me on Facebook. Um, that's probably the best, easiest way to get in contact with me. My name on Facebook is Monifa, M-O-N-I-F-A. Last name is G-I-L-L-I-E-S. All right, Manifa, G-I-L-L-I-E. Thanks again. I almost said doc, uh, but perhaps prophetically. <laughs> by faith, by faith. Thank you so much, Manifa, for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again soon. Do have a wonderful day and keep strapped. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast, Noteworthy with Teddy. This is Reverend Teddy A. Jones. You think about it, let's talk about it. I look forward to your questions and comments. Use the social media links provided here to connect with me. If it's noteworthy, then others need to hear. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. See you on the next episode, DV.